the Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky. Last night I tried some raw oysters. I want all my picks back and I want David goddamn Putney just because I feel like it. You're out of your mind. I am Dre Fogue and I'm the transfer. Coach, show them just in case they don't like your jacket. Can you go buy another one, Coach, if you need one? We'll get it. Errant Rogers, E-R-R-A-N-T Rogers. Hello, everyone. Back to a podcast. Back at you, AFC East. Adam Klepp with the Chicago Boys, Lee and Tommy. How you doing? We're rolling through these previews right here. Doing the AFC East, a division that, despite uh, you know how it may seem weak on the outside, has sent two teams to the AFC playoffs the last two years. So mm-hmm. you know maybe wow. maybe getting a little disrespected. That's a good you, stat. You could say, but you know the the Dolphins made it in that sixth spot in 20, uh, 2016. Bills snuck in last year, 2017. So definitely a division that uh, has been owned by the Patriots, though, however. And uh, we'll, we'll get into their dynasty and where, where they're at because there have been a lot of uh, grim reapers out there in the media maybe saying that this could be the final year of the, the Brady-Belichick uh, era in New England. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that for sure. But as always, we start from the bottom, mm-hmm. and that would be the New York Jets. Sammy who, D, signing contracts yeah, today, Yeah, they're a big addition. Bringing in Sam Darnold, uh, they, if I'm not mistaken, were the team that traded with the uh, Indianapolis Colts when the Colts moved up to, uh, or, or the other way around. I'm sorry. Yeah, they, the they moved Jets moved up to three, yeah. and the Colts went back down to six. So they, they made a move to move up in the draft and you know secure one of their top three quarterbacks that apparently they had you know high grades on. It's they won't obviously we won't know who their number one player on their board was, but they didn't have to give up a first-round pick either to move up, which is I think is a big deal. Huge. Uh, so definitely a, a good move, and all of us three here were, were Donald guys. Uh, definitely, you know, is that's going to get praise from us here. And also, you know, like the fact that Josh McCown is almost like a coach there in the quarterback room, a guy who actually had a pretty good season last year. He did. You know, and, and they, they've also brought in Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know where he fits in with their their plan exactly, yeah. and, and you know everyone says he's he's almost trade bait. Whereas if he you know he it's a guy they signed that if he does well they'll they'll be able to trade him. But barring an injury to a quarterback in the NFL, like where do you think they could trade him to? Yeah, I don't know. Would it's... be would be my question because everyone just kind of assumes that if he plays well he'd get traded somewhere. But like maybe I, Cincinnati or something like that. I was thinking still... Cincy or Tampa. Yeah. Maybe, but, those, but I, they I don't have... know like kind of who would take him. I yeah. Because for the first time in a while, I think you can look around the NFL and really see that most teams have somebody to yeah. play quarterback. Like, they, they have a rookie or a second-year guy like uh, that they have some kind of a plan at, at the position. So, I, I don't know. I, that was just an I'm sure it'll to all... me. And, you know, you got to be grooming your first-round pick, Darnold. So, I'm just I'm interested to see where Bridgewater works into their rotation in the preseason. Well, they signed him in free agency when they still had the sixth pick, I believe. Like, they did this all before they made their whole trade-up. So, uh, I mean, it's – this team, it's, it's interesting because a year ago we were talking about how is this team going to win one game. I remember in my NFL yeah, preview – Yeah, I, I slighted him a little bit. Yeah, for my NFL preview from last year, I put the Jets or power rankings. They said this team is going to win one game, and the only reason they will is because I like Todd Bowles. So they definitely overperformed. They were great, but I think no, they well, did they, much better than we expected. Exactly, exactly. They were like a tough – they were like somewhat of a tough out. Yeah. Like they, you're yeah, playing the Jets. It wasn't easy – they, it wasn't easy by They got robbed by the NFL. They should have beat the Patriots yeah. that one. Uh, yeah. Austin's Ferry and Jenkins. But – 
just getting into this roster, this the thing that kind of hurt Sam Darnold last year and his um, evaluation was uh, USC had an awful offensive line, and Darnold wasn't getting the necessary protection that he had the year before, and it, it showed up in his turnovers and just the overall pressure that he had around him. So I don't know if necessarily throwing Darnold out there week one is the move. Uh, you got a veteran like we were talking about in Josh McCown, and then I, I don't see I don't I don't really know Teddy Bridgewater has kind of become obsolete really. I think any three of these guys could be starting week one to be honest. I don't think there's any doubt in, t- in Teddy Bridgewater's mind that he's the best quarterback in that room, and I think he's going to be competing in every preseason game. And if he shows good looks in preseason, I think he's definitely going to have an opportunity to start week one. This is a team that I think I'm really excited about this team to be honest because uh, I said it a little bit in the preview podcast. Um, Bringing in Jamal Adams last year kind of gave their defense an identity that it hadn't really had in a while. And then uh, Sam Darnold this year, like we've said, and we've been over a million times, a guy we all really, really like. They got a lot of interesting depth at, at receiver. You got a guy, Quincy Anunua, coming off a neck injury. He was out all year, but a dude out of Nebraska who played really well for them uh, in 2016. You got Robbie Anderson, who's a bit of a knucklehead, but he's a, a pretty good NFL receiver. Speech Jermaine Curse. Nice little possession guy who, you know, a lot of people kind of thought Seattle made him who he was. But he came over to, to New York, and he was I think he was the best receiver on the team last year. You have a guy in Ardarius Stewart who I was a huge fan of. Kind of reminds me of Golden Tate a little bit. Very versatile dude. Um, Terrell Pryor, interesting signing coming Chad over from Washington. Who had a, had a rough year in Washington, but definitely you know showcased his talent in Cleveland. Chad Hansen is a guy from Cal. Sharon Peak, uh, Clemson dude who's been on the team for three years now. Lucky Whitehead. Yeah. I mean, they got a lot of you know kind of guys here in, in the receiver room that I think can and you know make an impact. I think it's fair to say Robbie Anderson's the best receiver on this team without a doubt. To be honest, he had a really good year last year. He's yeah, he kind of some legal issues this this offseason. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's he's playing week one though. You know, like, I don't, yeah, think I don't he got know. I'm, not sure. I'll, I'll... I'm pretty sure he spit on a. Police officer. Yeah, something something like that. But he was definitely McCown's go-to guy last year. They brought in Isaiah Crowell and Thomas Rawls this offseason to uh, pair with Bilal Powell and Elijah McGuire in the backfield, which I think is going to be interesting. They got some interesting options at tight end between Jordan Leggett and Walford. Uh, the offensive line is, is mediocre. It's kind of got a new look, but... I think Todd Bowles has proven that he's a, he's a really good head coach, and I think he's a guy that Jets fans can kind of get excited about getting comfortable with because defensive-minded guy, and, and this team is, I don't think they're there quite yet, but they're, they're starting to show a, a little bit of a, a roster with potential and, 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 and things to show in the future, and definitely a team that, similar to last year, can just compete on a week-by-week basis. Yeah, that's, I mean, to touch on the Todd Bowles point, you know that the team is going to play hard for him. All the guys love playing for Todd Bowles. I think their offensive line is uh, it's just it's just pretty average or below average. Uh, and then the running back situation, Isaiah Crowell had a down year in Cleveland after having a you know an okay year the year before or pretty Bilal Powell was like kind of their guy last year though. Yeah, and Elijah McGuire had a couple good plays as well, and Thomas Rawls obviously when he's I mean, healthy. I mean, Matt Forte's gone now, so Yeah. Definitely Tom, gonna... Yeah, Thomas Rawls when he's healthy is, you know, a banger and has had a couple good years in Seattle. So they definitely have pieces on offense. I just Maybe a little trade with the Lions. Get Amir Abdullah. Yeah. <laughs> throw, throw the Lions a six-round pick. I don't you know. know. They, they have a ton of running backs, and, and I think Bilal Powell is like their guy, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he like really showed something last year. It's going to be – this is one of those teams where it's like 
I'm going to want to watch them. I don't love preseason football, but like watching them in the preseason will be fun because they're, in my opinion, and I don't know, maybe if you guys think it's a two-man battle, I think it's a three-man battle at quarterback. And they're Fair. playing they're playing them Lions week one. So they're going to need to have a dude to, to, to trot out week one against the Lions. And it's going to be interesting to see who that dude is. Focusing a little bit more on the defense. This is a defense that showed a lot last year. Tommy, you have... Well, I just wanted to say about Teddy Bridgewater. He's there for one year. They're paying him $8 million bucks. I just don't really factor him into the QB battle because if you're not starting McCown, I feel like you might as well start Darnold. And starting Teddy Bridgewater, unless you're trying to get some up his trade value, I just don't really... But it's like, I, I'm not saying... I'm saying like it's about winning the battle. They're not going to be like... Oh, if Teddy Bridgewater's playing better than both of them, they're not going to be like, well, we signed him to a one-year $8 million. Like, this team's trying to win. So if he outplays them, which I think he's very capable of yeah. doing because people have forgotten that I he was like a really Bridgewater. effective quarterback in, in, in Minnesota before his injury, can, he's still proven that he can be or has the ability to prove that he can be a starting quarterback in the league. And I don't think that anybody has the right of taking that away from him right no, now. Yeah, that's And fair. just like shooing him out of the job between Darnold and McCown, it's like this dude can compete with both those guys. Yeah. So. This defense, they always overperform, I think, because of Todd Bowles. Like, they're, they're always going to play hard. But I think there, there is a lot of question marks outside of the guys that you talked about in Leonard Williams and Jamal Adams. Marcus May had a good year last year as a rookie free safety. Yeah. Um, Definitely a lot of question marks. There is so. a lot of question marks. Brandon Avery Williamson, Darren Lee, they, they do have nice pieces, but it's just still they, they don't have, you know, the Adam Klepp rubric of having a guy at each level. They don't, I mean, they're missing that. Or maybe Darren Lee is that guy at, the, at that level. So I don't – I just think that this is going to be another tough year for the Jets barring Sam Darnold or, you know, Teddy Bridgewater coming in and overperforming and making this team better I, I would like are. to say uh, Jamal Adams. Uh, there's a video circulating uh, around today of him uh, greeting and talking to a, a fan with special needs. Very heartwarming. One of, one, of the, guy, one of the better guys you know, in the he's, NFL, he's awesome, man. He's he's the, awesome. That's the thing that I did say in the other podcast too just to close down the Jets – a uh, thing that's exciting about this team, and I said it about the 49ers with Garoppolo and Sherman, They and, and albeit that they're very young, Sam Darnold and, and Jamal Adams I think are two great guys that are a clear face of your offense and a clear face of your defense for the years to come. So I think that's something to be excited about in New York. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, it's time to move Let's on. Go to Miami, baby. Miami. Uh, a, a team that I don't, you know, I'm not really sure what they're doing, and I think you could make the argument that I don't know if they really know what they're doing. Yeah, I think this is just kind of setting up for a make or break year for Ryan Tannehill, and they're kind of and Gase see. for that matter. Well, yeah, Gase for that matter as well. But I like the first two picks in the draft with Micah Fitzpatrick. Oh, I think is going to be a day one, just great player for the the secondary, and then Mike Gesicki coming in. Uh, I, I like the moves that they made in the draft. I just think that they don't can, really know what they have in Tannehill. Can we talk about their offseason, though? Because they yeah. had one of the more, you know, I mean, aggressive offseasons, if you if you will, or just a lot of roster movement, uh, you know, even pre-draft. Sue, now gone, they just cut him because his contract was too much for them to, to handle. They brought over Robert Quinn, though, from, from L.A., who was kind of underperforming and also has a big contract. So I don't know. I didn't really get that trade of players if you if you will um and then also sending away Jarvis Landry who was your best receiver the past few years uh you know he was on the fr- they franchise tagged him and they just didn't they really want to commit you know long term and they just kind of traded him away because they I guess he wasn't in the long-term plans and they just wanted to get something for him now but a little bit of a, a, of a weird offseason for them where they made a lot of moves but then again not really sure what exactly the uh the end game is yeah I mean, again, I just still think the end game is they 
Ryan Tannehill obviously tore his ACL last year. They yeah. brought in Jay Cutler. They don't really know. I mean, like you said, they made the playoffs two years ago with Tannehill. So it's like, okay, well, we made the playoffs with this guy and we put more tools around him. I mean, they got rid of JHI last year, but they also, Kenyon Drake uh, played well in his absence and they brought in Frank Gore and then Kalen Bellage in the fourth round from Arizona State, who's a banger. Um, I like a lot of the moves that these guys did. They have a good offensive line. They lost uh, Mike Pouncey or Marquise Pouncey. One of the Pouncey Bros, whoever wants, who's a good to LA, who was one of the better centers in the NFL. But to me, this is this they should definitely be the second team in this division. Well, I yeah, just, I, I kind of want to because I think their outlook. It's almost like their idea is well, we're in a, we're in a division with with Daddy, the Patriots, who've who've been who've been since two thousand one have been the the Papa of this division. And then you know what? We've got the Jets and the Bills, who are two teams with rookie quarterbacks, and we have Ryan Tannehill, who was a first round pick however many years ago, coming back off an ACL injury. So I think that this is kind of definitely the Dolphins' year to really kind of elevate, to, to aim for that second spot or even first spot in the division, aim high, so that you can so you can put yourself in a position to make the playoffs. But, I mean, offensively, they've got two, they got a bookend of tackles who are both first-round picks. They brought in Josh Sitton, the veteran guard. It's not a, a blow-away offensive line by any means, and, you know, they don't have great depth. But still, I mean, it's a it's a definitely a formidable offensive line. Your run game's going to be pretty solid with Kenyon Drake. They brought in Frank Gore, another veteran. I don't think it's going to blow anyone away by any means again. But uh, overall, solid offense. And I know we always go back to the quarterback, but this is just a position where it's like, Make or break is it really means make or break. If the if the Miami Dolphins don't win more than eight games this year, I think I, I it's not too hard to assume that they're going to be definitely looking for a quarterback in the draft. They were kind of somewhat, I think, yeah. looking for a quarterback in the draft there this year. There's a lot of rumors with Baker where the fall so, yeah. that he was going to be in Miami. But bringing Amendola back, I think, is an interesting move. That's a guy who's got you know winning pedigree in New England, and he's been in the league for a long time to kind of just put in there with Kenny Stills and Devontae Parker, kind of a club guy who's got a lot to yeah. prove as a receiver in this league. Well, I'm, I'm off the train. Yeah, well, the I, was train. Gonna I, I was on the train last year. I I'm, were, I'm, I'm getting off. I kind of feel like I'm, I'm lower on the Dolphins than you guys are coming in at, but I do really like their secondary. Yeah. Xavier Howard is a corner who really uh, stepped up his game last year, big Mel Kuyper guy. Minka, great pick. Dude that kind of fell maybe further than he should have. Just a, a Swiss Army knife back in there in the secondary. Rashad Jones is just a an established player uh, at, at safety. Cordea Tankersley, too, a guy from Clemson, maybe can come in and um, take a next step uh, in, his, in his sophomore year. Tony Lippett, too, MSU yeah. guy. There's some positive things to say about this second. I'm, I'm looking at some of their defensive draft capital to prove itself now. Charles Harris, a guy that was... Yeah. Uh, projected in some circles to go to the Lions, the Dolphins, and the Lions. And same with Raekwon McMillan, too, yeah. who was injured last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he was. And they're bringing back Kiko Alonso. I mean, this is definitely a team that, although there were some big moves in the offseason, I think that the core is the same. And Minka Fitzpatrick, I mean, I can't say enough good things about him in terms of being just like a veteran rookie, someone who's going to come in and like know the defense and I think take over, be a leader. So, I mean... And this also looks like a team who can really get pressure on the quarterback and has a nice little rotation of, uh, of defensive linemen and linebackers to get after it. Yeah, Devon uh, Godchow and, and Jordan Phillips, too. I mean, I think that was part of the reason why they got, they felt like they could get rid of Ndamukong Sue is because they have these two young D-tackles behind them who were showing some nice promise. And then I'm really excited to see what Raekwon McMillan can do this year. He's uber-athletic and kind of just flies around the, uh, the field making tackles. So They got the best tight end in the division. Mike Gusecki's better than, than Gronk, I think. I'd rather have him. I'd rather have him than if I was the Patriots, I'd what rather is... have Gusecki than Gronk coming in. Wow. This After, year or just like Just in general? In, in general. Well, just because of just Gronk's of injury, injury history and Mike Gusecki's yeah. a young gunner, I just think, yeah. I, I think Gusecki's a guy who's going to come in and make a huge impact in the receiving I, game. 
I, I really second, liked him a lot in college. I second that, but you know, Gronk is Gronk is Gronk, obviously. But I'm just saying that I think Gasecki's going to be. Let's call it Ian Crean. See what he thinks. Going to be that a one. great vertical. Ian Crean's going to be spending some time in the in the hole. <laughs> I don't, don't want to talk to the hole, man. You should let the audience know what this. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it with yeah, the Patriots that, when we get to the Patriots. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll address it. Yeah. Let's move on to the Bills real quick. A team that absolutely awful, absolutely <laughs> just back back their way into the playoffs last year. Uh, the, hey, hey, give credit where it's Via they the Cincinnati it. Bengals they plays. It. They made it. You know what, Clep, start us off here, Mr. Mister Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah. I think this team is in a weird spot, like with, with um, Sean McDermott as the head coach, because you, as the head coach, you can't say that expectations are lower to your team. But as far as the front office goes and as far as he goes, they have to know that expectations are lower this year. You know, I mean, you have to preach it to your guys that you're going to, you know, oh, we have to build on what we did last year to make the playoffs. But, I mean, the core from last year, which is basically Tyrod Taylor, and, you know, or, or just say, like, stability at the quarter, quarterback position is now out the window. Yeah. Say what you will about Tyrod Taylor, if he's truly an NFL starting quarterback, if he can really, you know, make you win playoff games. He's a steady Eddie guy who's not really going to make too many mistakes at that position. You know, and a guy that, you know, took this team, which hadn't been to the playoffs in however many years, uh, to, to the playoffs. You know, so that's something to be said that you've lost that now. And you're rolling with A.J. McCarron, you know, a guy out of Cincinnati who you signed, who has some starting experience, flashed a little bit when Andy Dalton got hurt in that year that the Bengals were really rolling. But other than that, hasn't really done too much. Uh, you know, the Browns tried to trade for him. Yeah. And then they had that whole Sashi disaster at, yeah. the, at the deadline there. Um, but, I mean, you did bring in Josh Allen, the the big project from Wyoming. It'll be interesting to see how he does in the preseason if they take a Pat Mahomes approach to his game. Or, you know, I mean, he's a guy that played in the same uh, system that Carson Wentz did. Carson Wentz started as a rookie, um, you know, right off the bat. So they, they may just throw him into the fire a little bit there. So that's definitely the thing thing to watch. This, uh, yeah, well, this whole offense to me just screams just potential instability. Uh, at the quarterback position, A.J. McCarron has got Josh Allen on his back. Me and Lee, or Lee and I are both not Josh Allen believers. We can leave that to Adam. And then you don't know if LaShawn McCoy is going to get suspended. You don't know what the results of this whole domestic violence thing is going to be. And then at receiver, it's just Zay Jones was doing angel dust in L.A. or something and just running around naked. Their offensive line, they traded Cordy, Cordy Glenn. It just seems like they're taking a bunch of steps backwards and just kind of becoming more unstable when – in the past few years, they had Tyrod Taylor. They had a running game. They had a solid O-line. Their defense was going to play well. It, te- it seems to me like they're going away from their formula yeah. the past couple of years. I, uh, I think this is the worst receiving core in the NFL. I think it's, it's, yeah. I think Malachi Dupree is a guy who's going to come in and make some plays this year for Buffalo maybe, slip his way into, into that starting O for them. But Kelvin Benjamin is a guy who has been solid but never really proven he can be that great of a receiver. And then, like Tommy said with Zay Jones, not a lot of options for the quarterbacks to throw to. I also think this is another three-man quarterback battle in the preseason. I don't want to count out Nathan Peterman. I think he had an awful showing against the Chargers last year, as we all remember. But Also, maybe a weird scenario where... It was more of a coach's decisions, and the players weren't really behind yeah, it. You know, and absolutely. Felt more, you know, not only the pressure of starting an NFL game, but wanting to win the respect of his peers, mm-hmm. and it all just kind of went down the tubes. Yeah, definitely, but you know, not n- no receivers to throw to, a mediocre offensive line. But I will say, this defense does excite me, and I really like Sean McDermott as a defensive coach. Uh, 
especially with the help from Leslie Frazier as a defensive coordinator. Secondary is really nice. Oh, yeah. Secondary is really nice with Tredavious White. Adam and I love, love us some Jordan Poyer. That yeah. guy really got after it last year. Micah Hyde is a guy who's proven from Green Bay. Vontae Davis, although he's a little bit older, is has been a, a solid to even lower tier elite cornerback in this league in his career. And Philip Gaines, and a eight, really eight, eight bad. really good, great good option at, at, at three. And then bringing in Tremaine Edmonds, the 19-year-old from Virginia Tech, to play linebacker for thing for them. I think that's exciting. Shaq Lawson, Kyle Williams, Star Lutulele, Jerry Hughes, Harrison Phillips, the Horrible third round pick. Or <laughs> favorited one of my tweets. <laughs> I just I'm a really big fan of this. I think this defense is going to be really tough, similar to kind of the Jets last year. I think it's just going to be a team that's going to compete every week. I don't think they're going to win a lot of games, but it's not going to be an easy defense to go up against. But uh, I think that basically winds it down for the uh, the Buffalo Bulls. Give us yeah. Let's talk about the let's talk about the terms and agreements with uh, Mr. Aiden Crehan, who is my roommate, made an appearance on the uh, episode zero of he's a Boston boy. He's a Boston boy. He's a Boston boy. Likes his Red Sox, you know, and uh, we got a little bet. Week three, uh, in my apartment, there is a little a little sunroom closet situation off the main the main area. It, it's about the size of your general dining room table. You yeah, say, I would say. You know, and closet it, size. It's a closet size. Decent yeah. space, but if the Patriots lose in week three, Aiden Crahan will have to spend twenty four hours in the hole. As, oh. as, as Lee was as Lee was saying, oh boy, that's what I'm yeah. gonna call him when he gets out. Uh, you can uh, you you can bring in uh, a, a water and uh, no food allowed. No food, baby. No uh, no real uh, entertainment other than your phone, but no wall chargers. So you got to use that 100 uh, percent, you know, as you please. So it's definitely going to be a heated week three Sunday night game. You got to bring the bucket game. in there too. You got to bring in the bucket in there for a bathroom break. Potty too. time. No, no 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 leaving. No leaving the hole for 24 hours. So it's it's going to be a, a wild ride and, for uh, whoever and, loses that. Yeah, and Adam, you yeah, also will have well, to I mean, you know, I'm not too concerned about it. Crean's a little nervous. He's, <laughs> he's He's been talking to me. He's, uh, you know, Edelman's out. Uh, 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 they're, they're slow starters. And, you know, he's like, oh, if it was week nine, I'd be more confident. He, he's just he's, he's preparing. He's got that loser he's mindset. He's got goosebumps, baby. He, he, I love he, it. He put his name on that on that dotted line, but he, he I don't know. He's he, he may he may be a little less confident than he than he's putting on. So great wager. Maybe we can get a backstreet judge live stream from the hole. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whoever is in the hole, we're definitely gonna have to check in with them. <laughs> get, get, get him on the horn for for five minutes. Maybe a nice, nice update. Eighteen yeah. hours in when, when things are getting real hairy. Uh, so anyway, uh, just, just to get into the Patriots yeah. a little bit, I, I just want to start it off by saying really like this team's um, duo of first round picks from Georgia, yep. bringing in running back Sony Michelle, who's as if you watch college football, super explosive, and guard from Georgia Isaiah Wynn, who was who one of the could better be their left tackle. Yeah, no, one of the better offensive linemen, versatile. Like Tommy said, could end up playing tackle. Um, Great, great couple of picks for them. Not, you know, I can't really remember the last time the Patriots spent such a high pick on a running back. Usually yeah. they're just bringing in dudes who come in and perform for them, you know, off the waiver wire, such as your Jonas Grays. But so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what they do with with an elite talent like Sony Michelle. Yeah, and uh, after losing Deion Lewis too, that was a guy yeah. who was very serviceable for Especially, them. You know, one of the better out of the backfield backs. Yeah, they still got uh, James White and, and Rex Burkhead seems to be a guy that they're going to be giving the ball to a lot. But it's going to be interesting to see how Sony Michelle plays a part in this running back rotation. Um, and we're talking about the Patriots, so there's not too much we have to cover. They're, um, it's a system offense, and Tom Brady's their quarterback. And I know, I guess, you know what? 
I gave a little bit of disrespect to Gronkowski earlier in the pod, saying Gasecki was a better option at tight end uh, long term and even maybe this season. But we know Gronk is Gronk. We know how, how much of an effect he can have. So obviously don't want to slight him too much. He's going to be, if he stays healthy, he's obviously one of the best pass catchers in the league. And despite a lot of, I mean, I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, ESPN Fox heads talking about how, oh, like how, how we're talking about this could be the end of the Patriots dynasty. But on offense, despite them losing some, some pieces, and Nate Solder and uh, Deion Lewis, I just don't. I expect them to continue rolling. Unfortunately, Malcolm Mitchell still having knee issues. So Supposedly they're a, trying to trade him. Yeah, I don't know. he was a talented rookie, but it doesn't seem to be working out though. They got Kenny Britt too coming in. Devin Lucian. I do uh, want to give know, so. a quick piece. Braxton Berrio, sixth round pick from Miami. He's he's a, he's a some would like to call him a gym rat. Some would like to call him, you know, a slot option. He's, West, he's West sneaky Welker, athletic. West Walker type. Athletic. Sneaky athletic. Jim Rack. You can't tell he's white. The guy, <laughs> the guy gets after it from the slot. He's about 5'10". Just on a, a good day. I would say 8'8". 5'8 to 5'10". Hard worker. Look for him to, with Edelman's absence in the first four weeks, maybe get some receptions and make some plays and be a future Patriot. You know they can and turn those late round picks into, into – he's got that NFL mindset, man. I, I've been following him since the, the opening. Braxton Berrios, keep your eyes out. Eyes peeled for him. I love a that. playmaker. I really like the uh, the Adrian Claiborne signing too yeah. on defense. Oh, I thought yeah. that was a really nice. Danny Shelton too, man. Danny Shelton over from Cleveland, and yeah, I don't think you can under uh, you know understate the uh, importance of Dante Hightower returning to. Yeah. The and Kyle Van Noy. Let's be honest with each other here. That guy has come in and been a very solid player for yep. the Patriots. Well, it just seems to me that they had these guys like Landon Roberts last year who filled in very nicely for Dante Hightower in his uh, his absence. So Derek Rivers drafted a pick before the Lions. Uh, had a chance to to snag him, Youngstown State, Youngstown State. I do. Bo Pelini. Yes, a, a he's, judge, he's from a, that Youngstown State A back tree. judge favorite, so very excited to see him back on the field. You know he would have torn his ACL if he was in those Honolulu blue threads. <laughs> I, I do want to say, although this front seven does look like a Patriots front seven solid, some questions in the secondary, age-wise and, and, and just in terms of uh, – Depth as well. I mean, you. I mean, obviously they signed Stephon Gilmore, but they have lost, you know, Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler mm-hmm. in in two consecutive off seasons. So a very uh, a fair question as to who is going to kind of step up and, and fill yeah. Yeah, know, these holes. Interesting. Obviously, Bill Belichick's forte is he's a secondary guy, and yep. but uh, I think they've really wanted to see a lot more out of Cyrus Jones. He was a second round pick back in 2016, and he's kind of only been limited to returning kicks really. Uh, not hasn't really shown a lot in, in coverage. Yeah. So they definitely, I think that's where they have the most questions. Yeah, yeah. But they're front seven, man. Dietrich Wise, you know, Trey, uh, Malcolm Brown, Trey Flowers, they just have a lot of guys I mean, that are going to get. The, the thing, and I know we're you know, saying a lot of positive things. Defense was the reason this team didn't win the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, definitely. They struggled to shut yeah. down Nick Foles. They had an awful, you know, run. No pass rush. One. Yeah, so this is a team that, you know, and you're losing your defensive coordinator in Matt Patricia. I, obviously, Belichick is a defensive guy. So I do want to say real quick, though, uh, like Tommy said about the in Adam about the defense kind of costing them the Super Bowl in a way. This is a team that I can see, although they're still the Patriots, I can see teams putting up a lot of points on this team and then just yeah. winning high scoring games. Like, like for example, like the Lions week three. I know we're Lions fans, but like, let's eat this secondary, man. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is a secondary that is. Is, is poised to be ex- exposed, I think, regardless of how well Bill Belichick can coach him up. So definitely still the Patriots, still Brady. Going to be really interesting to see what if they do, in fact, take a step down this year. I can see them kind of dropping a few more games than usual this year. Yeah, perhaps. I have them at a 10 and 6, 11 and 5 area. Yeah. So let's, let's get into it then. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't if we? you don't mind, I would like to start. Go ahead, I have, Buck, I have a small little prophecy. Uh, I, I'm still going to pick the uh, Patriots to, mm-hmm. to win the uh, AFC East. However, 
I'm going to say that the New York Jets come in second and snag wow. that, a wild card spot this year. I love Who's it. quarterback? Darnold. Darnold. I love that. I love, I love that. where your head's yep. at. I hope you're right. And Darnold's going to be starting by week four. Okay. I, and I think he, you know, I think Josh McCallum can maybe go go two and two in those first few weeks. Obviously, you're going to drop week one to the Lions, so yep. can't really Monday you know, night boy. Rough start of the season, but you know, I think uh, the I don't know. I slated the Jets last year, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe I'm maybe I'm you know overselling them now, but I I, I just really like Jamal Adams a lot. I like that Darnold pick. Uh, their receivers intrigue me. O line running game is definitely a concern, but I think the AFC East or not the AFC East, but the AFC as a whole, pretty wide open. Definitely. So uh, you know, I I, I kind of like them to maybe sneak yeah. in to the back end of the playoff. You know, hey, the Dolphins made it, then the Bills made it. Maybe Jets, the Jets, Jets are going to take their shot at it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to pick the Dolphins to come in third. I don't want to, I guess, but I'm just going to trust Tannehill and Gase over whatever the heck's going to go on in Buffalo. Trust so for Buffalo, mediocrity. Buffalo is going to come in last. Yeah, um, I'll jump in right right next. I got the Patriots in first. And I actually have the Dolphins coming in second, as much as I'd love to see a Darnold-led Jets team sneak into the back end of the playoffs. But I think the Dolphins, uh, this is a make-or-break year for the majority of the players on their team, mainly their head coach and their quarterback. Um, and I just I think that they have made the right moves this offseason to make them a little bit more competitive a team. And to be honest, I think they can win seven games and still come in second in this division, to be honest. So I don't... This kind of is more a reflection on how I think the Bills and the Jets are going to do this year. Um, but that, with that being said, I have the Jets coming in third. Uh, kind of, I think them and the Dolphins are pretty interchangeable, depending on really how successful their quarterback situation is and who's their guy. And then I have the Bills coming in at fourth. I kind of want to say the Bills are going to be the worst team in the NFL this year. Really? Um, yeah, I think that's. But you know, I think their defense is just too good. No, their defense to is too good. You know, because in the NFL, it's like it's like who are you going to pick, Cincinnati or Buffalo? Who's going to be the worst team in the NFL oh, this man, year? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, this this is the NFL's you know a competitive league. So, but yeah, that's where I'm at. I'll step right now. in and uh, I'm going to give some records here. I got some I got some strong convictions about some records without even looking at these schedules right now. I'm going to go ahead and say Pats eleven and five, Dolphins nine and seven, Jets eight and eight, Bills four and twelve. That's what I'm going with this year. Wow. Uh, I, I think that the Dolphins and Jets, like Tommy said, are somewhat interchangeable. Love the Klepp prediction of the of the Jets sneaking into that sixth spot in the playoffs with Darnold leading them. I think Darnold has all the tools to do it. All, and I think Bowles is an incredible coach. That being said, I think that the Jets are a year or two away from really making their presence felt in this league. I still think this is a Patriots division. So I'm looking for, for Gase to kind of save his job a little bit and for that offense to kind of reach its potential. Tannehill to prove to... To the NFL haters, that you know he, he's got, he's still got some talent left. So look for that. Also, just a quick